Just because you can do it does not mean you should do it. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to, to, to feel that we're so liberated to cut up in the parameters of sin. Good morning and God bless you all. Welcome back to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. I'm super glad to be here back another Wednesday morning in the month of March. Yes, we are celebrating Women's History Month all month long. All of the contributions, the impact, and all of the moves that women are making out here in this world. Every single week, we acknowledge a black creative entrepreneur, businessman, or woman. Um, Today is no different. We are going to put our spotlight on Miss Kim Bria Valray. She is the author of her first book, which is entitled Miracle with a Purpose. This book, you will find out that she has become an advocate for others like herself. After being born as a preemie, she knew the importance of survival. Her belief and her mission is to share the gospel and sharing her testimony and doing it all for God's glory. This is such an excellent book. So you guys go out and buy black. Okay. Go and support this author. Her name is Cambria Valray and the book is entitled Miracle with a Purpose. Miss Valray, we are super excited about your your book, your testimony, and more blessings to you for your next book, okay? We're going to speak that into existence. Y'all, okay, so if you have not been keeping up with what an associated has been doing, um, I need you to get it together, okay? Go follow unassociated. Unassociated is a ministry that is geared towards young folks, this generation, um, to let us all know it's okay to be saved and young. It is okay to walk with the Lord and still be unique, still be you. And so I want you all to go to um, unassociated.com. Okay, get linked with us because we are doing things. Okay, I mean, amazing things. Let me tell you, this past Monday, we had our first community Bible study in, oh my goodness, it was such a blessing. We have folks from New York. We have folks from California, Colorado, Colorado, even Jamaica was in the house. Okay. So we just got together and we discussed the Bible and people had questions. We answered questions. We engaged with you, the community. And so if you are interested in um, becoming a part of the unassociated community, head on over to www.un-associated.com. Get linked with us through our social media and be blessed because I am. And honestly, like um, this episode was, I, I know for certain this past Monday, being in the Bible study definitely geared um, some encouragement for me to do this particular episode. And we're going to get into that just in, in a little bit um, and how it played a role in today's message. Um, but before we go ahead and get started, I want to pray. I want to pray um, because this 
conversation definitely is one that we need to talk more about. I mentioned last week that we have, it's so important for us as Christians to be transparent. It's so important for us as Christians to let other folks know that we struggle too. That we have difficulty, that we don't always have it right. And so um, we're going to talk about sin and what it means to be a slave to sin. And um, so before we get into it, I just want to pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your glory, your your grace, your presence, your, your favor. God, your love. We thank you, oh God, for being present. We thank you for your word. God, I pray that today's message, there is no flesh glorified. I pray that we are able to get into the word, that someone is encouraged, that someone asks, what must I do to be saved? God, I pray that we get rid of the the, the taboo of of sin, not wanting to be able to talk about it or feeling uncomfortable. So we just push it under the rug. God, I pray then in the spirit that you reveal to us what it is that we need to know. I mean, Jesus name we pray. Amen. Y'all, um, let's get into it. Let's go on and get into the thing. Um, I want to start off with Genesis. Grab your Bibles, because y'all know that's what we do. <laughs> Grab your Bibles, your Bible apps, whether if, whether if you have a tangible Bible or if you um are like most of us and we have it on, you know, on our apps. Um my Bible's over there on the shelf. <laughs> um, but I, I do have the scripture written down though. We're going to go to Genesis. Genesis chapter three. We're going to read verses one through six. Starting at verse one, it says now the, oh, this is, oh, before I get started reading, this is the new King James version, which is I'm reading from. So if you want to follow along that way, you are so welcome to do that. Um, verse one reads, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Verse two, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. God said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse four says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Y'all can already see where we're going with this. Verse six says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant in her eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. 
Verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And the word of the Lord is blessed. The people of the Lord are blessed. We're going to get into um, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Um, let's do it. Genesis chapter three in context, this is God's creation, right? God had just recently formed the world. He put trees and animals and separated the sky from the sea. And he put Adam and Eve in the garden to maintain and have dominion over it. Right. In this particular time, there is a world of no sin. How beautiful. Like I don't even I don't even think I can really wrap my mind around how beautiful that would have been to live in, but that that that's what this is where we are in Genesis chapter 3. No sin in the world. Now, the serpent, which is very cunning, very sneaky, very deceiving the serpent the enemy the devil goes to eve goes to the woman and and tempts her with the very thing god told both adam and eve not to do and what did eve do like many of us and you know folks give eve a, a bad rap but to be honest if you was eve would you have disobeyed God? I'm going to let you answer that question on your own. But now she's confronted with the serpent. And this serpent seeks to deceive who Eve is and who Eve is called to obey. And like many of us, she fell into the trap of Satan's deceit. The instructions were, you can eat from any tree in the garden. Have at it. But there is one tree in the, in the midst of the garden that God told them not to touch. And the one thing that God told them not to touch is the very thing that Satan used to deceive and to tempt mankind. After giving into the temptation, and then Eve gave the fruit to her husband and they both are indulging in this fruit immediately. Their eyes became open to the fact that they were naked because before they took the fruit, they had no idea what naked was. But after disobedience, they knew that they were naked and they were ashamed of their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together. One thing that I want to remind us as we talk about sin is sin. It brings shame. And it also brings feelings of guilt. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Okay. And when the devil tempts us to do things that God tells us not to do, what he wants to do after we didn't, we didn't did the deed is throw shame on us, throw guilt on us. There was a, um, a poem 
that I that I um wrote. And I actually performed at um the poetry jam that we did back in January. And it's it's called Sin Saved. And a bit of the poem, it, it begins talking about how sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And even though um, we shouldn't participate in sin, we find excuses to do so. And we justify why it's okay to do what we want to do, right? And the poem talks about the conflict between the spirit and the flesh and, and wanting to do right, but still wanting to have, you know, this engagement with sin, the wanting to be comforted and loved and, and, and cradled in the very thing that leads to death. And then it also gives us a hope of the fact that Jesus and his sacrifice is the reason why we no longer have to be slaves to sin. But that he can definitely deliver us from it all. So if you have not checked out um, that poem, um, I want y'all after we listen to this um, to go on to YouTube and check out the Poetry Jam. And check out um, Sin Saved, that particular, that particular poem. The interesting thing about the enemy and what he does with tempting us with sin is that he makes us believe that what we do, we're free to do. Especially when we get grown, especially when we get grown, (laughs) because you can't tell grown folks what to do at all. Because that's the excuse. I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. I can be what I want to be. I can I can taste this. I can touch that. I can do that. Because I have the free will and liberty to do so. Just because you can do it does not mean you should do it. Ooh, yeah, I did go there. Just because you can do it does not mean you should do it. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to, to, to feel that we're so liberated to cut up in the parameters of sin. He wants us to understand that even though, you know, we have this consciousness of we shouldn't be doing certain things. He takes our feelings, toys with our feelings so that our feelings overrides faith, so that our feelings overrides obedience so that our feelings overrides what God says about us and what he instructs us to do. But what the devil won't tell you is that sin leads to death. Sin does not lead to another avenue. You take the back roads to heaven and you can live a a life of sin and, and you can make it in cause you were a good person. You can make it into heaven and you can and you can do whatever you want to do because you have a good heart. And the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked who know it but God. The devil won't tell you that your sin will lead to death. The devil did not tell Eve that her disobedience was going to lead to death. What he told her was, 
oh, God don't want you to take of this fruit because he knows that if you take of this fruit, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. You'll be just like God. He tempted her with the possibility, not even possibility, with the lie that she would be like God, knowing good and evil. And that power that she was tempted with, she actually negotiated it. Like, oh, okay. I can know the difference between good and evil and I'll be like God. Oh, for sure. Give me the mango. Give me the apple. Give me the grape. I don't know what it was, but give it over to me. What is it about us? And I don't have the answer to this, but just think about it. What is it about us that we think that our ways are better than God's? That we justify our sin? Really think about that. Our issue is surrender. We have an issue with surrendering to God. We think that we are God enough to save ourselves. We think that we are God enough to dictate the way that we should live. Or it could be we are reluctant to become Christians or to live for the Lord. Because we don't want to give up sin. And this is some, something um, someone said. I forget who it was. But if you are listening to this comment below, if it's on YouTube, wherever it's at. Someone said on the Bible study on Monday night. <clears throat> some folks don't want to give up living, living in sin because they feel like being a Christian is bondage. I got to give up. I got to give up, you know, smoking. I got to give up drinking. I got to give up partying in the club. I got to give up, you know, sleeping around. I got to give up, you know, relationships that aren't pleasing to God. I got to give up gossiping, whatever the sin is. And that's no fun to be Christian. I don't want to give it up. I like laying up in the bed with my man, even though we're not married. I like doing it. Whatever the sin is, whatever it is, I love getting high. I love drinking my dancing juice and get loosens me up, child. And it's not even necessarily like the stereotypical or or well-known sins. <clears throat> sin is sin, period. We don't want to give it up because we feel like Living for Jesus is boring. Living for Jesus will will change my life. And um, yeah, it's going to change your life (laughs) for the better. (laughs) But but when we really think about it, and this person said at the Bible study, the true bondage is when you can't give up sin. That's the true bondage. When you have to really negotiate the fact like, okay, sin is not even... You, we ignore the fact that sin leads to death. Completely ignore it and participate in stuff we know that we should not be. Just because it's, you think it's going to be a boring life. Look, let me tell you this. 
I love living for Jesus and ain't not an inch of my life boring. (laughs) There's not an inch of my life that I feel bound. If anything, Christ brings liberation. If anything, Christ brings freedom. And when you come to know Christ, the love, and when you come to know him, Let me say that again. When you come to know Christ and you come to learn how to love him, the things that you do that breaks his heart, you're not going to want to do no more. I love God too much. Even though I feel like I want to do this, even though I feel like I want to participate in in some foolishness, even though I know what his word says, but I still want to be disobedient. I love him too much. To break his heart. When you come into relationship with Jesus, it's, it's love, it's liberty, it's freedom. But the devil wants us to think that we have to give up the good life in order to walk with the Lord. But what you really train in is a death sentence. Because we didn't all made our beds in hell. But God, sending his son to die on the cross for our sins. But God, Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to suffer death so that we could be free. Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to suffer death and persecution so we no longer could be slaves to sin let's just take a moment right there and bless God for sending his son and praise Jesus for being being willing to come down here and die for our sins so that we ah thank you Jesus The thing about it is the price is too high. We couldn't pay for our sins even if we wanted to. Jesus came into carnality, walked the ways that we walked without a mumbling word, bore the stripes of the bloody lashes. He bared the bloody lashes for the price of our sin. He walked this earth and he lived a perfect life. He was persecuted. Not only was he talked about, but he was beaten till you couldn't recognize him anymore. Hung on a cross and taunted. Went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted by the devil. He did all of that for you. All of that for me. And at any time, honestly, he could have got off that cross. He could have been like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. (laughs) They're going to have to figure this out on their own because this is too much. He could have, he could have did that. But he loved us too much. loved us way too much to cut corners 
but he endured it from beginning to end. I, I want us to really get the idea that we, we, we can't afford our sin. So walling out and cutting up, we don't have to be bound to that. We don't have to be bound to it. And I want us to understand, I'm going to say this again, we are not God at all. So we cannot liberate ourselves from sin. We could not have done it. Unless your name is Jesus Christ, you came from heaven to earth, died on the cross in three days, rose up with all power in your hands. Unless that's your story. We were unable to do it. But Jesus did. So what does it mean for us to now, when I say no longer bound to sin, we're no longer slaves to sin, what does that even mean? What does it mean? We have the, we're born into a sinful world shaped in immortal wickedness. We weren't born perfect. We were born subject to sin. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has experienced sin, but the sacrifice and why the sacrifice of Jesus is so important is because he paid for our sin so we can have forgiveness. So we are no longer bound to the law and so that we are no longer bound to sin. Meaning we can go to him and repent. We can go to him and give him our lives and say, God, now I live for you. Not to say that you will never have have a slip up after accepting Jesus. But your relationship with God and your relationship and your understanding, your concept of sin is different. Because without Without Jesus, the devil will beat you down with the guilt and shame of sin. He'll beat you down. Have you ever been in a situation or in the, or had to, you know, done something and you like, you know what? I'm so ashamed of myself. I don't even want to pray. I don't even want to ask God for forgiveness. I don't even know if he wants to talk to me. Have you ever been there? There is a difference between being guilty and being convicted. Guilt makes you not want to ever confront God or come to God after you have messed up. Guilt is going to keep you bound from things. Guilt is heavy. Shame is heavy. And that's the crazy thing about the devil. Like, he's so trifling. He tempts us to sin and then makes us feel bad to not go to God for, for forgiveness. Why? Because his destination's already been set. The Bible says that he's, he's roaming the earth like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He is looking for folks 
to be on the same playing field as his because he already knows there is no opportunity for him to go back. Satan does not have the opportunity like you and I have to be redeemed. He does not have the opportunity like you and I have to give his life to Christ. It's a wrap for him. The difference between guilt and conviction is guilt brings shame and that you don't want to go to God to ask for forgiveness. But conviction, conviction is what the Holy Spirit gives. Acknowledging the fact that, hey, you know, you're cutting up, sis. (laughs) Brother, get it together, but come back to me. And the thing about the whole get it together thing is, you can't get it together by yourself. Come to me so I can get you together. Right? Con- conviction brings you to Christ. Guilt pushes you away from him. The Bible says in Galatians 5, Stand fast, therefore, for the liberty by which Christ has made us free And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The fact that Jesus died on the cross in his sacrifice gives us opportunity to be free. And the Bible says in Galatians 5 and 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Stand in that. Understand that you are no longer a slave to sin. Stand in that. And do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. We don't have to do that anymore. Because of our Savior, Jesus, we are free. But do you know that you're free? Do you walk like you're free? Well, Kendra, you know, I I messed up yesterday. Did something I was supposed to do. I don't even know if God wants to talk to me. If he will even listen to me. My response to you is run to Jesus. I don't care if you fell yesterday, last week, four minutes ago. Run to Jesus. Because you're no longer bound because of a sacrifice. He he liberated you. He liberated me. We could stand firm and confident. Not to go out and do the fool when we want to, but when we fall. He's there to pick us up. So stand on that. Amen. All right, y'all. That is the word that I have for this week. Let's, Let's close out in prayer with all hearts and minds clear. Father, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for the liberty. Thank you for loving us that much. To give your life, Jesus. So that we will no longer have to be slaves to sin. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are listening to this right now. Whoever is feeling discouraged and feeling guilty, God, I pray that you open up their hearts to receive you. Encourage them to run to you, God. In the name of Jesus, no matter if they fail yesterday or last week, 
If they're holding on to, to guilt, God, I pray that you release them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you rebuke the devourer, rebuke the enemy off of their minds. God, I pray that every weapon, every device, everything that the enemy has to say to influence them, God, I pray that you cast it out in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you cultivate us that and encourage us to live for you. God, I pray for someone that has not accepted you in their life. That they find opportunity to call you there, Lord, and begin to live for you. God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone be blessed. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, beautiful people.